0: I was about to say, he made
1: a delicious meal.
2: <laughs> a succulent Chinese
1: <laughs> no. meal. This week, Ollie runs but Wild as Celtic make easy work of the buddies and Ackies. The final week of the transfer window is upon us, and this policy is already doing Brendan Schvedin. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tim's. Hello and welcome to episode 166 of 20 Minute Times Melee Yes I'm enjoying those little podcasts you're doing Thank you Melee at the match, it's unofficially called um, Stephen, you've been on too. Stephen, hello.
3: Yes, I have. I have um, thanks for introducing me there. Finally, yeah. I've been a special guest on Melly's new podcast a couple of times <laughs> now. Yeah,
1: he's going to blow up. Is, yeah. Melly is everyone's favourite TMT member. I think so. Yeah. So I don't know if it's the best thing for the podcast giving him his own voice. Summer
3: down, boys. I'm taking credit. I think we bring out the best in him, though. It's all about managing Melly. I did like. I did like on your latest one. You said this is me parked up in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> in the car. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, by the way, we've we've started a, a new podcast. For the Patreon Merely at the match And it's basically Exactly as it says On the tin We go to the match And record Basically around it In the car At times in A wee bit in the stadium As well
1: It's one of those ones Where we've been doing This podcast for how long now Three years Three and a half years Three and and a half years And we've been going To the football Almost every week During that time And not once Did we ever consider We should maybe do a podcast Actually at the match
3: For clarity though It's not we don't like stand in our in our areas that we're, like at our seats recording. Would oh, that, no, that no, be no. awfully obnoxious? So, hey, excuse me, guys, could you keep it down a wee bit? we have <laughs> actually got a podcast <laughs> on the go here, but it's around. It's to the stadium after the game. A wee bit of sound, a wee bit of clips from the songs and stuff like this. It's working out well so it's far. Like we a- did it once and then. People seem to seem, seem to dig yeah. it. So it's we're like, going it's to like a, it a regular.
1: It's like a live match companion. Yeah, yeah, essentially, at, yeah. At the game, um, and if you like the sound of that and the other stuff we're doing on Patreon, you can check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash 20 minutetims I like
3: that you included the www there. Welcome to 2005. So sorry. If you <laughs> want to visit Patreon,
1: HTTP <laughs> h- colon
2: slash slash <laughs> We are in the future, boys.
1: We are in the future. Because... Well, it's I, not the future until the 2020
2: no, is the no, future. No, 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 oh. no. No. Saturday the 26th of January was the future. What happened? I went up to the pie stall, <laughs> got my wee bottle of water, and I could have paid with my card.
3: Aye? It's oh. breathtaking, yeah. <laughs> they, they have introduced card payments at Celtic Park. It, is, it really is. lights. What, cards. <laughs> what next? What silence. time to be alive? I know.
1: I, know, uh, I know one person that's going to be suffering with that. Peter all, because now they'll have to pay tax on all oh, these right. <laughs> transactions. Oh, that was a joke, incidentally, if Celtic <laughs> lawyers are listening. And we know you do listen. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. What are these at my feet, Stephen?
3: Those are uh, very handsome-looking prints from a boutique shop in Glasgow uh, called Social Recluse, who have very kindly sent us some some very fine... We'll tweet out a couple of pictures of them. they very fine-looking prints. The shop, you can find that in King Street, I think it is. Yeah. The, um, King Street in Glasgow, if you want to pop in and if you, see, you like what you see on Twitter and pop in and pay them a visit stay tuned though we're going to be running some competitions yeah. with regards to to some of their, their merchandise so keep an eye on Twitter and and Patreon and we'll let you know
1: and, and that wasn't even a paid advert he just very generously yeah, yeah, did, yeah. <laughs> sent us something but they're great
3: was... yeah I, I'm really happy with them they, they look excellent um, Melee Celtic 4 St Mirren 0
2: much better much better than Airdrie two changes Ralston out doesn't look good for the boy no
1: it's an injury though
2: yeah. yeah it's um,
3: Ligament damage I think
2: it is. Yeah. I Terrific It's as if we didn't Need a right back Before that <laughs> And I came in for Boyata Who's got a groin injury Apparently Happy with that
3: How Yeah that's fine Awful thin in the ground With defenders though When it comes to it. We're, we're as it stands, wingers mate what you Yeah we're, <laughs> Wingers coming out The ass. A million wingers <laughs> As Brendan just put it but um, yeah, more to come on the transfer window stuff But just for this game, it was perfectly fine But we're scraping the barrel here When it comes to defenders and not signing any uh, Bain kept his place as
2: well So yeah. it looks like going forward, he's the main man Happy with that This was much better We got the ring rust out of the way, Airdre started Good start to this game mm-hmm. Me and Stephen were at the game Frozen, oh, yeah. absolutely frozen
3: was, was at minus two or something like
2: yeah, that? Well, it was that raining was, too I was, Yeah, that's I,
1: right handily got soaked on the walk to the game and then just sat freezing
2: the whole time great wind rain and cold all your favourites but one man warmed us up early on Scott Sinclair dancing inside wins the penalty no qualms, steps right up because he's the man and there's no denying he's placed in the team. That was number 12 for the season, <laughs> eight to go. More to come I on I was about that. to say,
1: yeah. melee very heavy on the Scott Sinclair <laughs> praise there, Stephen. No. I wonder why.
2: He can't deny get He's banging in the goals. He certainly is. Not goal scorer. Deserves his place in the team. If Forrest was in this sort of form, we would be praising him at the hilt. So it's only fair Scott Sinclair. It's the same.
3: You're right. Just on that, right. Uh, Sinclair, see Scott Sinclair and James Forrest, they are almost identical, right? The, in no, terms no, no. of the, they look nothing like no, each they, other. They, they look nothing like each other. But in terms of their, their ability and their contribution, they're indistinguishable, really, because they they both scored goals and they both go through really hot periods of form and both kind of dip at times. But I feel like both of them are viewed completely differently when it comes to the fans. All you hear about is. James Forrest is in the form of his life you, know, you can't drop him, there's no point signing another winger because James Forrest form, 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 mm-hmm. form. but see be honest, like Scott Sinclair is in by far the better form of the two at the moment James Forrest has scored in one of his last 15 games. It was two goals against Kilmarmock, whereas in that time, Scott Sinclair has nine goals.
1: I think it's because the the thinking is you saw what Scott Sinclair's capable of. Yeah, yeah. He had that hot first season, everyone, everyone will talk about that for the rest of Scott Sinclair's life. Yeah. Um, whereas James Forrest has always been Inconsistent.
3: The perception is completely different as well because Scott Sinclair is one of these, you know, overrated English players that wants to come into our league. And I'm only joking there, but you know, you know what I mean? He cost a lot of money. Yeah, a lot more is expected of him because he's perceived as being on the big wages and he came in from the English Premier League, well, the Championship as it was at the time of Villa. Whereas James Forrest is, you know, one of our own. He's come through the ranks. But I I just, I look at the two of them and I think, why are you so, so different in, in the eyes of the fans? S- Scott Sinclair, as I said to Melly before the game, before we went into the stadium, I was like, if he scores again today, it's absolutely undeniable the form Scott Sinclair yep. is in. And I know he's getting penalties, but... He, he made that one himself with a, a great run, and he was brought down by some McGinn or other. I can't remember which one it was, but they were both on the scene. Paul, was it? Paul goes out, yeah. Again, we stuck with the same midfield three. It works fine.
2: It's starting to look like that. I don't know we're playing Airdrie, St Mirren, Hamilton, but Scott
3: Brown has been good
2: in all games. Yeah, he's been absolutely fine. McGregor slightly forward.
3: It's Brown sitting with McGregor and Christie ahead. Christie's been brilliant recently. We'll talk a wee bit about him in both of these games, but I think he's been he's been excellent. McGregor, yeah, McGregor and Brown have been fine, but I, I do still think, I haven't moved on my position that I think we lose a lot by yeah, not having McGregor in that role because, yes, Scott Brown's been absolutely fine at it, but I, I feel like McGregor hasn't been that great. McGregor moved further forward, particularly against Hamilton Naki's. It's barely in the game, although inexplicably got the stadium man of the match. I don't know, but we'll, we'll come on, come on to that game. But I'm not going to complain about it because won this game handily, and I re- I really enjoyed this Mirren game actually. But I just I still feel like McGregor is is kind of paying the price for selection yeah. difficulties.
2: Oli Burke returned to that unfamiliar position. I thought he'd done very well. He did. Uh, sticks a harsh word to give him, but some people maybe said after the first game he didn't do too well. But as we said last week. It's not his natural position, but and Brendan Rodgers said after that game, he goes,
1: you know, we just wanted to get ninety minutes and all his legs, which yeah. is mm. obviously what he needed after not playing a
2: lot of football. Being a striker or being played as a striker, you'll be judged on goals, and he opened his account two good goals, two strikers' goals. Mm-hmm. It was he didn't uh, he was in the right positions. That's where you want your striker to be, but he does offer us a lot, and it was maybe showing up a bit more in the, the game at the weekend here that what we did miss when he was. He wasn't in the team Because he's got that physicality That we've maybe lacked up front Whereas when Weir's up front himself He doesn't have that physicality Buck can do a bit of everything Whereas Weir, it's more play it in behind Buck can take it when he's back to goal There was times where he got it when he's back to goal And just because he's unfamiliar in the position He could have turned and maybe had a shot Or played it out wide but he laid it back to Scott Brown and that's just because he doesn't naturally play in that position
3: that'll come he's not a striker let's not forget it the guy's not a striker prior to this game he hadn't scored in two years it's not like he's played this in other places and it's just a case of manoeuvring him into the right positions for Celtic to get the previous form out of him he's never played in this position before and and certainly isn't a goal scorer throughout his career I think he got one for Leipzig and I don't think any for West Brom yeah so that, I thought it was great in this game, and it wasn't just the goals. As you say, Mellie, it was they were in the right position. And, and I think the keeper should have saved the header right now. Yeah. But he was in the right position for his second goal. But it, there was other things. They had a lovely turn and pass through to McGregor, who McGregor should have absolutely buried it. I don't, I don't know how he missed that. It went clean through and somehow lifted it over the bar from about 10 yards or so. But that, that was a lovely wee move. And there was one later on as well where he played a lovely wee back heel into the path of Scott Sinclair. Scott Sinclair was eventually crowded out of the box that he, he went down, but he's linking up with these new players, these new teammates very well already.
2: He gets he gets shots away early because it was the Airdrie game, he got the quick turning shot where Sinclair got his hat yeah, trick that yeah. was disallowed as well. So we've seen him, he scored from the header, his second goal, eh, Forrest goes through, should score. For, Forrest, he was poor in this game. He was actually, yeah. And that's something we'll come on to later, but because Forrest was poor in the following game, We could rotate him. Now with Sinclair, he's got Buck on his back. Ware can play out there. When Edward's back, he can play out there. So there's competition for places right across the front three. So that'll up their game. But Forrest goes through, saved by the keeper. Then the keeper makes a great save from McGregor. And then Buck's there to tap at home. That's where you want your striker being. So we've had a turning shot that creates a goal. We've had the header that he scores from. And we've had a poacher's goal. He's scoring and getting any good positions it might be a position for him. He's, he is yeah. a winger, but it might not be his final position because he is still a young guy, and he, he does he's a big, big boy. And yeah. Yeah. He can turn and play it out wide, link up, and get back. And in his, his interplay has, has been really good. Yeah, yeah. For an empty hard drive. For <laughs> yeah, an empty, for an empty
3: hard drive. For reasons that we'll come on to in the Hamilton Aki's game, I'd still quite like to see him out wide. I yeah. think you said you said the same, Millie, because. The Hamilton Aki's game was the first time I've probably seen him open up the legs and oh, just just, just 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 absolutely go for it. Like I've we we hear about this power and pace, you know, the new Gareth Bale, blah blah blah. Yeah. But he, I sort of subconsciously don't pay attention to ludicrous I'm I'm fond of a ludicrous comparison as listeners to, you know <laughs> with no one on the podcast I Dance love back. A, I love a ludicrous comparison but even then I, I hear about this young Scottish guy coming through and he's the new Gareth Bale and I'm just going kind to of roll my eyes at it but I, I understand where it comes from because mm. he's, he's so fast and powerful I have to admit though going to the game as we we recorded Melly at the match before the game and I kind of right Oliver Burke has kept his position up front why? Because it's not like Timo Weah is just in the door and, you know, you need to make him work for his place because Burke's just in the door as well. They're both in the same position. It's not like he's having to oust, let's say, for example, Dembele mm. right, or even Griffiths. They're both new. And I, I kind of, I looked at the lineup and I was like, oh, come on, man, let's get Timo Weah into this this team. But I have to hold my hands up. I was completely wrong. I
1: think uh, over
3: the course of the two games and seeing both of them, Timo
1: Weir, he, he's uh, he excites me more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do you know what I mean? I, I text you after the game saying he's officially my guy and, <laughs> okay, and Melly, you'll get it. come off Melee rebuffed that. I wasn't allowed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. um, but I think there's probably a bit more to Burke. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all totally the different players. There's, yeah, there's, there's a bit
2: more to Burke, so I can see why Burke got the nod on that occasion. Again, we need to remember the age of Timothy Weir. I think he will go on to be a smashing player, but yeah. maybe he's trying to find his position as well. Another mention of that at the match. But I said, with will It'll be interesting to see how he does up front himself because Buck's got that physicality. I know it's not yeah. everything, but it makes a difference, especially in the Scottish game when your teams are sitting in because they're away from home and teams like Hamilton aren't very good. That's difficult for Weir's strengths to be on show then because he likes to get in behind. But when Weir comes on, you see his quality shining through. All it took was that one wee sniff in behind and he was in. He had a couple of chances, but he looks absolutely lightning sharp when he's on it. He you can just tell the guy's got pace. So if we can maybe find a way to get him in the team, it might take Edward being out in the left or Buck being out in the right. He does a sort of physicality beside him for, to get the best out of him. So we'll see how that goes. But put through by Ewan Henderson, great wee pass. And he's brilliant when he doesn't need to think about it. Yeah. He's just got that instinctive finish. So it's a great
3: finish. And Stephen was absolutely reveling in the boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> but the, uh, as much as I think everyone, I, I don't think I'm alone in saying I'd rather have seen where I start. I think we all turned up to this game thinking, right, we team away, yeah. I'll get a start in this. I think I was disappointed that Burke kept his place and as I said I was completely wrong in that but even past that the management of it was perfect because Burke ran them ragged and then to introduce a guy like Timo towards to the end of it absolute nightmare he, he comes on and he looks so sharp so hungry he, he's so enthusiastic as well he, to, to listen to the guy talk He's very American, right enough. But in, Super American. and that he kind of overdoes it a wee bit now talking about how much he loves Celtic and all that already. I Steady on you. I, I, I don't believe for a single second... We don't love as much Celtic I, as I, you do. He's the most American wee guy ever. But I, I can't fault him for that. He's, he's, his enthusiasm is, is infectious. But he's, he's dropping so deep to get involved with the ball. Just, just in particular, just in the St Mirren game, he's dropping back to halfway line because he wanted to involve so much. But he looked so dangerous. He, there was the chance where he hit the post... Yep and one where he it was just de- deflected narrowly wide, I think, but they're all very <laughs> similar chances falling to him. Uh, the the, the Ergy one as well, uh, it was, it's all very instinctive finishes. He doesn't really need all that much of a sight of goal before his presence is felt, as they say. St Mirren sitting
1: bottom of the table. For, for long periods of that game, though, they did look like a bottom of the table team. They didn't threat... I mean, there was. I think there was a time in the second half where most of our football was paid within 30 yards of their goal line. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's the same at the game at the weekend as well. Like sometimes Benkovic and I are right up on the edge of their box, compact, right in. Difficult to break down, but when we get the other goal, it just kills their game plan, doesn't it? They don't look like a great team at all. nor a Hamilton. It's just just relegate yourselves. Come on. <laughs>
3: relegate <the> yourselves. <laughs> do you
1: think? Do you think, Stephen, this is what Celtic need after coming back? They need a couple of easy ties just to get get up to speed.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I Couldn't. You couldn't really ask for any better at the yeah. moment. It's a lot of, you know, winnable as as the cliche mm-hmm. goes, winnable home games in a row. And Celtic, there's no excuses. Celtic must win all of them. There, there's there's no no excuses for dropping any of these points. This is that it's a perfect run to come back yeah. off a break from.
1: Scott Bainmeley, he started. He started also in the Hamilton game. Do you think he's making a making a claim, taking his claim for Celtic's number one jersey?
2: Yeah, the only. The only worry I'd have about him is he's had absolutely nothing to do in these games. Mm. So he just needs to realise, just play your game. Don't try and stand out in any way. But I have said, when he gets on the ball, there's a calmness about Celtic Park, mm. And it, I don't feel that with Craig Gordon. It's a, oh, it's, as soon as he gets the ball, everybody's a wee bit anxious. Whereas with Scott Bain, there's not that, ooh, when he passes the ball and that, and his he's passing's good. He finds his man, he does it early as well. He gets his passes away early, and that makes a massive difference, especially playing against teams like this that sit in with four, five, one,
3: ten men behind the ball. What we just talked about there, with Celtic basically compacting the pitch into a, a kind of thirty or forty yard area. Bain's presence allows that as well because there is less of a risk if yeah. the ball if the ball were to break, Scott Bain has also come well out of his box. He's kind of hovering around the not quite the centre circle, but in between his own box and the halfway line, he's, he's there playing the, the archetypal sweeper-keeper. He might have a kung-fu
2: kick in him, we just yeah. don't know
3: yet. <laughs> and, and what there are absolutely zero of in these games, I've defended Craig Gordon quite a lot in the past because I think he is a good goalkeeper, but what there are zero of in these games are floaty balls out to Lustig's head. There yeah. are none of those at all. Craig Gordon, he tries his very hardest, but what he quite often does is he leans back into his passes and just scoops the ball out into wide areas. Sand wedge. Yeah, I sand sand wedges it out to wide areas and you're left with a 50-50 aerial challenge on the touchline. Now that's no different to punting it. I know you have aimed at a fullback, but what you're doing is still creating that that 50-50 chance of losing the ball, as you've talked about in the past, Melly, when uh, Chris Davis described this to, to you.
1: When you accosted him in that public bathroom.
3: I <laughs> know, honestly. Every time we record, in here, I'd, after you two guys leave, I need to sweep up the floor for the names Melly's dropped all over the place. <laughs> Coaching luminaries. Scott Bain himself, right, he's, he has. He still hasn't conceded a goal since August to the, that, that game against Patrick Thistle. And it's eight clean sheets in a row, including the Hamilton game, which is also in this podcast and 11 clean sheets in his 17 Celtic appearances. So, as far as I can tell, the guy has done absolutely nothing wrong. But he does get picked for the easier games, you could argue. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That is
2: true. But the easier games are where you need a guy that can spray the ball out quickly. Also, Craig Gordon turned 36 the other week. That's nearly time up for the guy. Well, I know he missed it. <laughs> just age-wise, it could go on until he's a lot older, but
3: injuries, he missed a long time through... The massive injuries he had, yeah. so it's a near miracle that he's never had a significant injury at Celtic. Yeah. Considered on his history, to yeah. be honest. Final thought on St Marin again. I know I keep buying on about it. But if we ever do
2: sign a player, the <laughs> light show is good for the old Into unveiling. It. By the way, yes, we, yeah. we could make much more of that. See somebody done on Twitter the, the Undertaker theme tune. <laughs> we should be doing <laughs> yeah. that. Something.
1: I went, I went and got my pie came out, and I thought when the lights show and the person there, I thought. God, is that the guy that's
2: won the windfall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that won the windfall was in the standing section. They all went mental. Said,
1: anyway. Did he? Oh, so the, that's where they're the actors. By the way, that's
3: Bile we're talking about. We didn't yeah, mention the yeah. guy's uh-huh. name. He was announced at half-time and he came on and basically appeared on the pitch mm-hmm. thanks to the thanks to the spectacular light show. Just a wee shout-out for um, I do know if we mentioned them having set up go. goal. Ewan Henderson made oh, his, yeah, yeah, his yeah. second appearance for Celtic. I think the previous one was last season in a 0-0 draw with Kilmarnock at Celtic Park. But it's, it's good to see him getting getting a chance He came on and it, Liam's younger brother Yeah yeah, And he, he gave um, He gave the ball away A couple of times But that's understandable But his pass for Weir for was excellent And so again it, All Weir had to do Was just nudge it Into the goal Such was the quality Of the pass Good vision He settled into the game After he made
2: that First initial error But it's another guy Coming through Every season Under Brendan Rodgers We've had one One guy coming through So if we continue on that If you can get one guy Coming through Your, your youth team Every year that, That's good going
1: So, the the Celtic train rumbles on. Um, Our title title challengers at the other side of the city, Rangers, put to the sword by Jordan We Are The People Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely sensational scenes on that one.
3: Legitimately, they will never forgive him for that. There will be a certain... Section of their fans, but will never forgive him for it. Not only for scoring against Rangers in what they perceive to be a title race, but for celebrating it as well. Honestly, uh, the reason I know this is because Celtic fans do it as well. Did yeah. um, we do? Yeah, Celtic fans have Scott never forgiven do. Scott McDonald for that. Right? Do you remember at New Year he posted up a video of him and his his lovely wife uh, singing Celtic songs at a party and they were all drinking wine. He put up a video and he was just bombarded with that. Ah, you should have missed these shots, mate. And, but, but but it was deadly serious. It was like I'll. No well,
1: sure. not honestly Well you know where I sit In the game Scott McDonald's Wandering about the lounge Next to me right And, right. I, and I pass him And I say well, Scott McDonald And I go into where I was standing And there's guys passing me
3: Going Fucking uh, I'm not getting a picture taken that prick <laughs> 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 Fucking Aye. hell man Any true Celtic fan Would have put that Over the bath
1: uh, <laughs> come, <on, laughs> come on Come on So uh, so that meant Rangers lost Canceling out Effectively cancelling out Their victory over us Yeah uh, Which was An hilarious twist of fate And um, do you know what Stephen Gerrard said after the game? No. We, we can't lose is any... He the flamethrower out right now. He did, he did oh, get the yes. flamethrower out. He said, we can't lose any more football matches. So that's a red line for Stephen Gerrard now. His red line is, do not lose any more games. I wonder how that's going to pan out for, mm. the, for <laughs> the final half
3: of the season. Quite an extraordinary thing to, <laughs> to level at your players at this stage.
2: That result was all his fault. At Celtic game, they beat us before the break. That was the best they've played. What does he do? Changes the formation yeah. and shoehorns two players in just to get them in why not make them earn their place? Listen, listen, stop giving the Rangers managers tips,
3: Melly. <laughs>
2: I don't, don't care. Do he, he, naive, listens. But I he, he listens. shows his, shows his naivety. But like Lennon did it a lot in his first season. He made a lot of mistakes because he was a rookie manager. He's doing the exact same thing. He changed a winning formula when Rangers were on a high and now it's Jimmy Bell's fault as well for getting that game (laughs) cancelled the (laughs) Counting Meath game
3: do you know what I hate just a final thing on Steven Gerrard I don't want to give him too much air on here but do you know what I hate I I never had a particular problem with Stephen Gerrard as a player his Um, hair he's hair like a Fisher Price man unmovable hair but I I just hate in general new managers who come in and they're just blowhards it's like they've read a book about being a manager and what it takes is to be an arrogant just stick to your guns asshole. basically I remember Roberto Di Matteo when he, when he was at Chelsea, he just, he acted like a manager, even though he wasn't really. He yeah. just, he put on this facade, and I think, I, I can see Steven Gerrard doing the exact same thing. He's he's read like a manual, the Bill Struth manual or whatever yeah. it is, and he's just wheeling out cliches.
2: Are you saying Rangers are going to win the Champions League then?
3: Yes, yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> say, no, nah, but the Rangers fans
1: are loving that. Hook line and sinker, yeah, yeah, they're absolutely like, yeah, buying absolutely. all of it. But as the as it stands at the moment, after our games, games, um, the league table is Celtic on 22 games on 48 points and let me just wait to find Rangers not, not second not third oh they're fourth <laughs> <laughs> presently they are presently fourth on 42 points um, and Comarnock and Aberdeen
3: making up the difference they were never going to beat Comarnock that night and it's a testament to the miracles that Steve Clark is continuing to perform having lost several of their best players now they've now lost Greg Stewart but I never at any point thought Rangers would go there and get a result
1: and it's just a it's just testament
3: to what we've been saying
1: for a long time about Robo Clark he Yes, yeah. is, is absolutely no joke Sure ain't um, That Greg Stewart thing Was, was iffy though was it Yeah So what happened Birmingham recalled him And then almost immediately he went on loan to Aberdeen Who are really The the challenger to Comarnock's yeah, place aye. In the league Aye And Stephen Clark said It smelled of bullshit <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah
2: Been a lot of managers Swearing this week Craig Levine said His team played pish During the week Did
3: <laughs> he? I've, L- I've been enjoying that The furthering of the beef Between Levine and Michael Stewart I, th- I find that hilarious honestly <laughs> you, like, you would you know as
1: much as we all want Scottish football to be modern and professional and big and all that see these small time beefs yeah. like you, you don't get that in any of the league you had, do not get it apart from Graham Souness's small time beef with every black player in yeah. the Premier League <laughs> um, you just
3: don't get this yeah I, I had to laugh it was like if anyone hasn't spotted it uh, where have you been but Craig Levine in response to Michael Stewart criticising his man management said that Michael Stewart wasn't brave or intelligent enough to try and manage it for himself. And everyone jumped in on this saying, no, no, Michael Stewart's the most intelligent pundit in Scotland. But did you see Michael Stewart's response to it? You know on Twitter when you can go on and you can start a thread and you number those, right? Yeah, so they're always very dreary. Yeah, are yeah, very dreary. So what he, what he did was he started his rant back at Craig Levine. He's, he's clapping back at, at Craig Levine. One to six, right? First tweet, one to six. So I'm going to buy into this. I'm in it for six tweets. It was 7 tweets long <laughs> <laughs> There's your most intelligent Kind of
1: See any time someone Starts a thread on Twitter They go My thoughts on the current X Thread uh, Delete right. yourself yeah, <laughs> Delete your Twitter account um, The next home game um, Was against Hamilton Again A bottom of the table Opposition Melee uh, People were expecting I was reading on Twitter Before the game Timo Wea He's starting Timo Wea hat trick Celtic mm. minus 3 Celtic minus 4 Celtic minus 5 it took sort of took a while to get going the Hamilton goalie
2: some good saves yeah poor guy a couple of cracking saves a couple of absolute howlers but it's that not getting the early goal because we are playing a poor team because we are two easy wins so far not getting that goal things get a bit touchy in the Mm, stands and rightly so because we weren't playing well we no. were a few changes and I thought it looked a bit lightweight up front with Sinclair. does obviously deserved to start. It was good to see where I get a start. But Mikey Johnson probably deserves a start as well in his rightful position after being played up front before the break. But it's just a bit lightweight. And I know you can have three small strikers, three small forwards. But going against a team like Hamilton, who are just going to sit in with big bruisers at the back, you maybe need something different that that focal point up front. So it was going to be interesting to see because those three guys like to get in behind with their pace, and there wasn't going to be much space. Also said about Waya, I'd like to see him going through one on one just to see what he's like. How so he can write com- him off if he misses yeah. it, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. How his composure is because well we're, we're all talking them up right now, but we've we've seen very little of them. So we need, hmm. and what we have seen is against poor teams. But he went clean through in this game and it was a good save from the keeper I thought he could have maybe went round the keeper but I just need to be a wee bit wary that we don't big up this guy too much but I still think he's going to be a great player
3: Eventful game for the keeper because as Brendan Rodgers said after the game he did make a string of really good saves he was excellent in the game but at the end of the day you can't ignore the fact that he did have he cost them at least two goals Mm. and it was responsible. There was that a bizarre moment in the second half when it was still 1-0 and the crowd, as you say, Millie, were getting a wee bit a wee bit uneasy at the time because you know the general feeling was he get these, he absolutely have to get these games won and you never know what can happen. You're kind of be leaving it to the eightieth minute to get to seal the game. But what happened was Lustig played a kind of aimless ball forward and the keeper came out and completely misjudged it. He jumped under the ball <laughs> and trying to header it. Burke broke through. And just as Burke was about to pull the trigger, James Forrest came over and jumped over the ball. Just to, it was a bizarre moment. But that, again, the keeper just seemed a wee bit all over the place. That said, though, he did make a couple of good saves. I feel like we're always saying that that yeah. there are a lot of good keepers in this league, and they and they are severely tested against Celtic. But you know, it was a it was a up and down game to say the least. Ryan Fulton, obviously. Did you know he started his career
1: at Liverpool? gave his yeah, yeah, first course. senior first senior call up by Brendan Rodgers was was instilled as third
3: choice keeper. Um yeah, right. He must he a, have been pretty young. I think he's only about twenty two. He, he must have been aye, I, Brendan something?
1: you saw after the game Brendan had a wee chat with him. Mm, obviously yeah. I think Brendan said in his post match press conference as
3: well, you know Keep the head up, Brendan. Up, son. <laughs> Brendan's birthday, of course. Yes, yeah, Brendan's yeah. birthday. Did he lunch, get a right back
1: but... for his birthday? <laughs> no,
3: <laughs> no, he did more not. More to come. Yeah. But yeah, just on, uh, on Timo Weir's, their debut, or his first start rather, um, well, it was something we'd all been looking for. Like, what, what can this guy do from the start? What can he do when he's under this type of pressure, that type of pressure? But I just, I don't think we made the right use of him, no. to be perfectly honest. It wasn't really a game for him. Oliver Burke could be, you know, on. Un- Unfortunate to to lose his place after he was running Burke wild. In, oh, in previous, oh, I've oh, got the
1: name for this podcast. <laughs> there we
3: go. Uh, but where it was getting frustrated in the first half, we could, we could see it on his face because he's making all these dart runs and like, maybe Celtic just aren't used to a player with that level of you know, really quick movement. It's not something we've had in the last couple of seasons. That, that that's not what Dembele was about. It's not really what Griffiths is about either. But he was he's darting in and out of. of the box and he's pointing to where he wants it but unfortunately with Celtic being as lopsidedly left-handed mm. basically a lot of the attacks come down the left-hand side and it's left with Izagiri left with the responsibility of pulling the trigger on whether it's a cross or a through ball Izagiri is very reluctant to play a through ball and I, I saw it a couple of times in the first half way pointing to exactly where he wanted it and Izagiri just decided not to I don't want to sound too harsh on Izaguiri, but what it looked like to me was a kind of slight passing of the buck because I think Izaguiri would rather force it out wide and throw in a speculative cross rather than risk playing a through ball because if he goes out and puts in a cross, and even if it gets the update, if it goes across the six-yard box, the crowd will go, oh, that was so close. Yeah, there somebody in there. yeah, meanwhile, if he tries a through ball and it doesn't come off, then the crowd will look at him as having having I mean, blown it. I
1: mean, it could be passing the buck, but at the same time, I'm going to play Dick Advocate here. Um, Every player's got their strengths. Yeah, uh, yeah and absolutely. If, if, if through balls aren't Izaguiri's strength, then there's no point putting him in a position where he's playing with a guy who requires a lot of through balls.
3: Yeah, exactly. And maybe team aware is going to be best utilize when we've got the likes of Tom Rogic and Christie if you go back to that mid, yeah Tierney, if you go back to that midfield that we had so much success with Tom Rogic, Ryan Christie and Callum McGregor that that's team are running about in front of that honestly
1: yeah. i think i think our front line is going to dramatically change when Edward comes mm. back yeah i'm Absolutely. really looking forward to seeing i think Edward as a wee piece of the puzzle in there with Wea or Burke and especially the form Sinclair's on. I think getting Edward because Edward is a good player. I mean, he's oh, not absolutely. scored as many goals as people perhaps thought, or if you compare him with Dembele, which you really shouldn't do. But I think once he comes back and we've got that front line, that's a really strong front line we've yeah. got.
2: No, it is and there's competition for places, and we've got Johnson and Forrest out on the right. We've got Sinclair, Edward, complete left, Wea, Burke. Then Steven's talking about it. Imagine Tierney, on the Christie. Sinclair going down there We can play out there If we just signed A blooming right back (laughs) We could have (laughs) Language Melly You've been all over this I know that guy Listening to his family Around the dinner table (laughs) We could have that Down the right hand side As well Because Stephen's right It was so lopsided And it wasn't fair On Mikey Johnson Mm, Just Even if it was Ralston Maybe Ralston and Johnson Wouldn't have worked Because they're so young together we might not have played that But if Johnson had somebody going on the outside of him. It would just create more space for the guy, but he was just left with two on one every time and he had no space whatsoever yeah. to work in and it just affected his game so much that it we looked better when he was
3: substituted. Yeah. On these two games, the right-hand side didn't work in either one of them, but for for different reasons. I thought James Forrest just had an uncharacteristically poor game against St Mirren. Nothing he tried was working. He was quite often dribbling into people's shins and, and playing poor passes. The the shot, if you watch it back, for some reason, he breaks through and the ball's right in front of him and he, he slide-tackles the shot rather than just composing himself and takes it. I don't know why he did it. He just he didn't have a, a good game. But the second game against Hamilton Aki's Mikey Johnson just wasn't involved at all it wasn't that that what he was trying didn't work he just he was barely involved and the game completely changed on its head when Forrest came on what the two games have in common is and I'm sorry to do it again Michael Lustig Uh, I don't like this he's an international class right back Stephen do you know what he set up a couple of goals one of them one of them was with a weird sort of left foot hitting at the box that the keeper spilled but the other one was a perfect cross for Sinclair's header I'll give him credit for that absolutely But it's just, it's getting painful now and it's, and he looks uncomfortable now. There was one moment where someone passed it into him in the edge of the box and he just clipped it up in the air. He just swung his left (laughs) foot at it and clipped it up in the air. And then where Mel and I were sitting, he runs back out to the right-hand side that way. So he's effectively running straight towards us and you can see it in his face. You can see the angst in his face as if, it's like... Why do my feet not do what they used to do <laughs> anymore? I know Celtic, without labouring the point, would absolutely need a right back, but it's getting it's getting unfair on him now. I struggle to blame him, much like I struggle to blame Craig Gordon for his poor kicking. Let's stop picking the guy if yeah. it's that bad. I'm struggling to blame Lustig because he's you know, not
1: he's not deliberately no, being bad. He's not out there time. sabotaging
3: <laughs> games. Old Father Time comes to us all. Yeah. Would you
2: make the Swede Melly Do you think he's a bit of a turnip? Oh. <laughs> He's, he's, he's been done He's been done for years We should be looking at Michael like, Lustig saying Great servant Been here what Eight eight years Yeah So we should be looking at this guy Thinking Great player Good backup Just now to A proven right back We have failed to deliver this In two or three transfer windows And I think Right now It's all we need He's spread and said No centre-halves we get a right back that could mirror what Tierney does we're never going to get a right back as good as Tierney but Mm. somebody that has other strengths as well the team would look so much better so much more fluid and it'd bring out James Forrest it'd create more space for the midfielders as well but as you say Stephen it's just lopsided and where we sit is painful to watch the guy running back and just that in his face and the quickest he ran yesterday you said was when that he didn't get a free kick off the ref, and instead of getting back into his position, he's always screaming at
3: the ref, and they attack down that that side. Ridiculous, that. Yeah, he he felt aggrieved at a foul that didn't come. And the the play didn't stop, but he's he sprints over to remonstrate with the ref while they're attacking down Lustig's side. It's just, I don't know, I'm running out of ways to describe it, but it's getting uncomfortable to watch.
1: I'm trying to stick up for for Lustig here, because I feel you two have given him a a right old pounding. Um... (laughs) He didn't cost us any goals. I mean, no. we won both no. games handedly. He, but he has previously. That's a problem. Yeah, time and time he, and he again. has previously, and there's, there's trouble on the horizon there. If, if
3: we, if we keep him, that yeah, that is true. But that's slightly unfair, though. We, we can't really do that. We can't go. I ah, was. He didn't cost us any goals in that. But see, see in August, yeah. man. See that European. It, yes, it does all come in to, to ultimately the same problem. But I'd be reluctant to do that when we're talking about these games specifically to say that he costs his goals in Europe.
2: But that's fair enough. Yeah. But... It's not just Europe, it's all season teams target that side and we are playing easy teams right now. Once we get a bit of a challenge, it's going to be highlighted again. So we can't just wait until then and go, We needed a right yeah. back. We need one now.
1: Just forget, we're not getting a right back, okay? <laughs> no. We're no we're not getting one. And that's the thing forget about it. Melly
3: makes a good point. If we turn up to play Valencia With Izagiri and Lustig get right right and left <laughs> back or left and right back respectively. It's terrifying. We'll be eviscerated yeah. down just those sides. Presenting
1: ourselves yeah. for a pumping. Anyway, Melly we scored three goals in this game. We've
2: not yet spoken about any of them because we got too distracted by Michael Lustig. First one, keeper. After all, we <laughs> he made an absolute smashing save. Sinclair was danced right across the box and smashed a shot. He touched it at the bar, I think well, it could be one of those days where the keeper keeper's a great game. Then it's just coming up to halftime. You're looking at the clock thinking, we could do a goal. Ball comes in. I think it's Christie plays it at McGregor and he just has this shot from the edge of the box right down the keeper's throat possibly could have taken a wee nick off someday, but it's an absolute stoter right through Come on, mate. You just want the ground to swallow up for the young guy. It's horrible. We McGunk ma- with the ball right through the legs. Brilliantly
1: placed. Obviously meant it, Stephen.
3: <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's quite a light goal-scoring season for yeah? McGregor so far. I was just having a look there. That's his first goal since October. And prior to that, the previous goal was in August. Quite a few European goals in there, right enough, in the, the qualifying campaign, but nah, he's not weighed in with as many goals as you'd like to like to see. Christie, however, has now reached double figures. Unbelievable. Yeah, you say double figures for the season, but really you're talking double figures for the last two two or three months at, at maximum. End of October he came in. Yeah, team, that's wasn't right. It? That was another keeper howler. Just at that point, the
2: crowd were very uncomfortable because mm. Hamilton didn't really create anything, no. but the one chance they did create... We are lucky we have one of the most best up-and-coming ball-playing centre halves in our team, <laughs> Christopher Ayer, because he saved us with a
3: game-winning challenge. At one, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad he's finally
2: contributing in a meaningful way.
3: It was one 0 at that point, and yeah, that that challenge was was crucial because I talked there about Izagiri being unwilling to take risks, and that's exactly what Ayer did there. He could have put it in his own net or he could have conceded a penalty, but the chips were down yes. at that point and he had to do something and he, he made the challenge because if he just ignored it, there's a fair chance the guy would have scored and one each with what 12 minutes to go at Celtic, well, that would have been a hairy atmosphere. A hairy atmosphere? <laughs> a hairy atmosphere. <laughs> I just want to let you know,
2: see, Christopher is a good player, yeah. he is effective in what he does, he does bring the ball out every yep. t- there was one, it was in this game, he went down the wing, crossed it in, and it was a good chance a for Celtic, yeah. but it didn't go in. And every time he does something good, which is quite a lot, me and him turn around to each other and, oh, I wish that had it in, I wish it had it scored <laughs> I had so score just it play just, to you. Just
1: to get it up me. Um, Scott Sinclair in this game again. Another one, boys! So, Melly, your bold prediction was 20 goals. I think I've underestimated that. Uh, what's Scott Sinclair sitting at now? 30. That is that is quite... he
3: Bold prediction news, by the way. Before oh. we get away from it, bold prediction news. How many appearances Mikey Johnson made? Exactly what was oh, I was about to say. Fifteen. That's oh, ah, the yes. on yes. if, if no one. Fifteen.
1: <laughs>
3: no, if no one knows what we're talking about, Jamie predicted at the start of the season that Mikey Johnson would make fifteen appearances. So if he makes another one, he's going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, at least fifteen appearances, and he has handily
1: made it. I think we need With... to. I think we need to go back and revisit all three of our bold predictions and see where they're sitting.
3: Well, the reason you two have now got okay, one close go. is because, go you know, to. I like to be a bit braver with mine. And Scott Sinclair, 20 go. Yeah, Brendan yeah.
1: Rodgers leaving it into the season, 15 appearances for Mikey Johnson, that's brave. What, what reminds us of yours? Giza laugh.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, by the way. Changing the
1: subject. Goes, no, really?
3: no, no, there's an update on that because I watched uh, Vacuum Bio's press conference, his little interview as have to say, speaks French. Oh, <laughs> yep. And... Uh, Why is that relevant? Well, I predicted at the start of the season, bear in mind, this is when Dembele was still at the club, that the French connection, as I called it, the Dembele, Incham and Edouard axis would weigh in with exactly 64 goals. And now I'll the reasoning behind that was that 50 between Edward and but... Dembele and 14 for the champ. <laughs> Dembele was out the door about a week later, so <laughs> yeah. that, that left that high and dry. But, um... We
1: did like you substitute in Malumbu, though.
3: <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Just... <laughs> so I had to adjust it so that it included basically any French speaker in the <laughs> squad, and that includes French Africans, such as the Ivory Coast international. We
1: he'll speak French. Second line, He, he might do yeah, if,
3: he's, if his dad If his dad's taught him that He might do No he definitely does <laughs> oh, a saw Oh does he? Right, uh, good, good some good, interacting good, good. With
1: uh, Edouard in French
3: So if the two of them If uh, Weir and Bio, manage to get about 40 goals yeah. between them Between <laughs> now and May Then I'm I'm right in there And what was
1: your other one? You had one
3: that related To Christopher
1: Ayers As well on the subject
3: Christopher Ayers will captain a game This season No, That came about When he was A you know, kind of mainstay Of the team In the early season and Benkovic has sort of put paid to that And the other one was That Gambo- Gamboa would score a goal but oh. Anyway We'll revisit
1: these at the we'll end re- of the season We could revisit them See how we got on So Sinclair, Sinclair finished the scoring um, Just let me ask you a question boys After you sort of Spent so much time talking about them. Who, who's whose inch perfect cross was that? <laughs> uh, who, who put that inch
3: perfect ball in yeah, for Sinclair? I, as I said earlier, that was that was Lustig. planted it right on his head to nod home at the back post. I, I can't fault him for that. Definitely not. I mean, Brendan did say after the game, you know, about Sinclair
1: that there's a, there's an aggression in his game and that he's he's playing with a point to prove and maybe some of the stick and some of the poor performances he's been getting this season, you know, have affected him. And now that there's competition. Mele, as, as you've always said, that the squads in dire need of competition. You know, maybe these are pushing pushing the likes of Sinclair and that on. So it's, it can only be good. Of course, good. yeah,
3: oh, absolutely. The competition is never a bad thing. I would never dare to steal Melly's Melly's quote is yeah. uh, about it, but uh, it can only be a good thing. And Sinclair is now having the best brought out, I mean, certainly in a goal-scoring, in the goal-scoring arena, because he's going to end up being the Celtic top scorer yes, for the second is. season in a row, which is Possibly remarkable. Yeah.
1: And I might as well just give a little title race update because things seem to be going for Celtic at the moment without too much fanfare Aberdeen and Kilmarnock conspired to draw yeah and Rangers are at Livingston as we we record this we
3: don't know the result of that yet so what they'll never notice I'll just edit in Well, Well, we we should record
1: like 1-0 yeah 1-1 yeah 2-0, yeah. and you just pick one and edit
3: it. And in. what about that Rangers result, yeah. guys? Where well, That is, in some way, remarkable. Yeah. What about that? No need to talk about the score yet, but, uh, yeah, that was something else, wasn't it?
1: Really fancy them to drop points at the, as you <laughs> christened it, Stephen, the spaghetti had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your patter. Absolutely your patter. Um, money don't make my world go round. I'm reaching out to a higher ground. <laughs> Do you know what philosopher said that? Tell us. Peter Law. <laughs> <laughs> We are now into the is this the fourth and final week of the transfer window? Yeah, what were the 27th so 27th we the twenty-seventh now? Twenty-seventh as we record this. Um I've been doing the transfer window podcast for the patrons one a week and then I says, you know what, I might do a last couple of days of transfer window. Probably no need. No. No. Probably
3: <laughs> absolutely no need. It'll be like one of those really tragic sky sports ones where nothing's happening, so they're just following Lee Catermall around as yeah. it almost sinks <laughs> for <sense to laughs> yeah. someone. Yeah. yeah. So transfer window activity this week amounts to Marianne,
1: Marianne Schwed, mm-hmm. uh, as we pronounce it, um, supposedly joining for Celtic at the end of the week. And uh, we were linked to a right-back, his name is Robert Gumney. Bobby Gums? <laughs> Bobby Gums. Bobby Gums. We were linked to old Polish Bobby Gums. <laughs> um, and that is just about, that's about it as far as the rumours go. Now, for me, the most interesting thing of the week has been Brendan Rogers' comments. Mm, yeah, we're getting... I was saying on the transfer window pod that at the beginning of the pod, the beginning of the transfer window, rather, it was like a finely oiled machine. You know, everything, the gears were turning, they were well lubricated and players were coming and players were linked, were going. And they just over the past couple of weeks, there's been some grit in the mechanism mm-hmm. and it's sort of grinding a wee bit. And now Brendan Rodgers is been old salty, Brendan, once again. Yeah, bizarre comments about Marion Shved. Now, Brendan's very clever. Yeah. Because what he's doing a lot, and I've noticed this, is he'll say something, and then wind it back in the next interview. And he, nothing he says is by accident. Never, never. No. So he says, oh, we don't need a winger. He's, We've got a million ones. We've got a million wingers. We don't need another one. Which was bizarre, right? Saying Telling a player that's joined your club that you don't need them is bizarre. I've mm. never heard a manager say that before. Fast forward a couple of days. And he's re- he's winding that comment back in by saying, no,
3: well, what I actually meant was he's not one for just now. He's one for later. He also tellingly said it will be an asset to the club. Yes. In the future. Which is... Didn't yeah. mention himself or the team, yeah.
1: The Green Brigade had a banner at the Hamilton game. Yes. Ten in a row is not a project. Back Brendan or lose them. How do you feel, Stephen, about the signing
3: of projects? I hate the word now mm. that that much. I said in the last podcast, I, I'd quite happily bin this. The idea of it, the procedure of it. Yes, it, it sounds good in theory, bringing these players and basically fashion them into footballers over a, a, a prolonged period of time, but... I can't think of many, if any, that have worked at Well, Tom Rogic is is an undoubted, unqualified success at that. But after that, does it ever really work? Do you ever bring in players? And I'm not talking about 16, 17-year-olds here. That's fine, right? See if you bring in a guy like Armstrong Okoflex, the protein shake, (laughs) and and you work at him over the course of three years. But if you bring in a 22-year-old, you're already... That's not how potential works You're already Most of the footballer You're going to be At yeah. 22 You're well into your career At that point you, you could be Two, three, four years Into your career At that point If you're bringing Someone like that into I, I don't know what to. I, I assume mould them Into the footballer You want them to be That to me is useless I, I don't I don't understand that at all I, I get the theory of it But I don't understand The practicality of it Because it almost never happens
2: I'm the same as Stephen He's 21 years old Mikey Johnson starts At the weekend So are you saying Mikey Johnson, a guy who's younger and starting is better than this guy who's three years older than him mm. and you're paying money for him. Doesn't really make sense to me. Also, this Gootman, older than Keenan Tierney, doesn't mean he won't have a yeah. place to play, but never played a professional game. Yeah. We're going into, we're in a title race because of our own fault. We've well, already said, Stephen Gerrard is a naive manager. We're making him look better than he is. Yeah. He's got the same record, a worse record than John Barnes, who was sacked soon. And we're making him look like he's in a title race because of Celtic's negligence in the transfer market and trying to buy these players, scrimping and saving on three, four, two million pound players instead of going out and getting you tried and tested. I think take the transfer window as a whole, it shouldn't be this difficult. No, no. It and your should... manager shouldn't be saying stuff like that either. No. He's it... not innocent in all this either. Can I just
3: focus on the language of that as well? We've got a million wingers, we don't need another one. I, I beg your pardon, but we do not have, we're not like, stocked with wingers Good ones, N- yeah. Anyway. Numerically, yeah. Well, exactly. Numerically, yes. But are you tell me we're signing this guy and he's not hes not better than Johnny Hayes at 31, 32 or whatever it is. And he's not better than Lewis Morgan at the moment who doesn't make the squad. If he's not better than either of those two players at the moment, don't sign him. Yeah, who you just, signed? Yeah, exactly. Just... Just cancel the transfer.
1: I think what's evident to me about the transfer window, about the transfer dealings at Celtic Park, is something's broken. Oh, absolutely, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be this difficult. There, sh- there shouldn't be this much conflict when a manager wants to bring players in. And there's a Peter Law is the great filter. Hmm. He is the, the the filter to to whatever happens at Celtic. Now, Braden Rodgers has been in the press again. Saying he's never heard of Lee Congerton, And a head of a recruitment Getting so much stick And he's 100% correct yeah, yeah. There, there shouldn't be this much stick for Lee Congerton. It's an absolute nonsense But at the same time It shouldn't be this difficult to get players into Celtic If you're telling me that If you can't go out and get a right back Better than the one we've got There's something broken And Brendan Rodgers is telling the fans There's something here broken <laughs> Yeah yeah. and the daily record now Neil Lennon's we can touch a wee bit on Neil Lennon he's leaving Hibsburg looks of it and the daily record they'll be doing a sort of Neil Lennon's career here's the bit greatest hits and they republished the story about when he left Celtic and the story was he more or less got fed up with having the squad cut not being able to get the players and not being backed so he left Ronnie Dyler is another one who didn't really get backed Arguably didn't really get back to whether he was a quality I manager. I don't know, he
3: got Tyler Black in it. I know, you know what I mean.
1: He didn't really get back. And, and we're we're doing the same again now. I'm gonna put a question to you. Who knows how to win football games? Who knows what that squad needs? Is it Brendan Rogers or is it Peter Law?
3: Brendan Rogers. No, well, it's 100%. A, it absolutely. Is. On the policy itself, you say there's something broken. Is what we get fed as well? It's so frustrating to be told via the press that, oh, do you know what? It's really hard to sign players. You don't know what goes into this. It takes ages to do this and it's actually really hard because then sometimes you can't afford them and sometimes they won't come. Why are you telling us this? I can't think of any other club that does this, that's constantly relaying to the fans how difficult it is to sign players. I know, I know it's, it's difficult to do it, mate. but you're a major, a major worldwide club. Can you go about it a wee bit easier than this? There are two camps here at play. There's
1: Brendan Rodgers, who I think is using the press to get his message across, like in his press conferences, which is obvious what Brendan Rodgers' message is. His message is, look, there's a guy here, I'm, I'm we're providing the players, he's not signing them. That's yeah. why we're yeah. struggling. Mm-hmm. That's Brendan Rodgers' message. Then there's Peter Lowell, who's putting the message out through whatever means Peter Lowell uses to say, Ah, oh, well, it's actually Brendan and Lee Congerton. They don't know what they're doing. Now, Brendan Rodgers had a press conference again. He was talking about Lee Congerton and how he doesn't understand how he gets more a lot of stick. And this is the key of that press conference for me. This is the key thing Brendan said. Brendan goes, his job, that's Lee Congerton, is to find players and in his time here, he's done that. Now, whether we get them here or not is a different story. Hmm,
3: yeah. So Abundantly clear. I, the message there, the yeah. message
1: there is clear. The message is we are finding players. We're bringing them to the table, and the deals are not getting done. Now Brendan Rodgers might say I'm signing off on every transfer, and that might be correct. But as we've played out in this podcast before, if you're if you're presented with Jack Hendry or no centre half, hmm. you're taking Jack Hendry. Now the Comper one is a complete mystery. But every manager in in Misonda, everyone points to Brendan Rodgers' failures. But I think he's more had more hits than misses. You know, we could be sitting here with Benkovic as our own player yep. if we paid the money. We could be sitting with John McGinn if we paid the money. Puccini, we, Puccini if we paid the money. These are these guys would all be great. For us.
3: The other side of this, though, I think it's important to acknowledge the other side of it is that we can't. You can't just give a manager Carte Blanche to no. do whatever he wants. Blanche, you, yeah, Carte Carte Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't just let him do whatever he wants. That's extremely dangerous as well. You can't let the guy just Harry Redknapp the place into the ground in the name of like, signing signing expensive players when there's a the chance that he might leave at the end of the season. I, I totally understand that. But Celtic have objectives here. They, they have short-term and long-term goals. And it, it's the way they're managing these transfers these days is making it extremely risky to, yeah. to achieve these goals. Now, I'd like to think the people listening to this are a wee bit more discerning, right? But there will be people out there who are just like, no, this is all just a media, just a media. It's all fake. It's all yeah. fake news. The media are, are in Operation Stop 10 in a row and all that. They're just making up this. But honestly, wake up and actually look at what's going on between these parties at yeah. Celtic. And it's all happening right in front of you. You don't have to You don't have to take the media's word for it. It's all there in black and well,
1: Look at what's happening at Celtic. The, the way we conduct our transfer business and then compare it with every other club in Europe yeah that's what I, mean. No, I mean there was a, a podcast out recently don't mind giving them a shout the Celtic Underground done a podcast they were talking about specifically they were talking about Celtic's transfer business over the years and they had a guy Marco Cooper on who I think he's involved in football in some way hmm. and um, he pointed out Celtic's transfer business compared to the other clubs at their level in Europe Yeah, and Celtic's Celtic's transfer business has been appalling. We've yeah. said it on this podcast yeah. for years. The transfer business
2: is appalling. Wage, well, the wage budget's massive and it's because of Johnny Hayes, Jack Henry, Simonovic, Gumboa, guys that aren't contributing mm. but are on wages. Look at the signings we've made under Brendan Rogers. The ones that have worked out in Cham, big wage. Sinclair, big wage. Ed Bard, big wage. You get what you pay for nowadays. Yeah. It's yeah. very difficult with wife Scout and the Scout Every club like some clubs have got sixty scouts. I don't think we've got, even got six. No. So I don't think we're doing our due diligence in that that way. And if you pay the money, you get a better quality player. So have like Martin O'Neill did, I know you need competition as well, but pay the money for your starting eleven, living, your strongest team, and then have your Ralston, Johnson, Ewan Henderson. Under that, have about 15 players and then five young players. And get rid of the guys that are contributing nothing. Johnny Hayes, Lewis Morgan, a guy came from the Championship. It's not going to work out.
1: I know. I mean, I know it doesn't make for a good podcast, but I'm honestly getting so fed up it. Yeah. I am getting so. I'm getting. I'm getting so fed up with the war in factions. I'm getting so fed up with the stories. At the end of the day, shouldn't it be this difficult? I said to give one point two million to spend on a winger in January that won't be playing until next January. But you're saying we can't afford the wages or the transfer fee for the right back that we need. Then. Don't be signing this guy.
3: Yeah, don't yeah. don't sign him. And the reason we are getting agitated about this is because we sat here last week, the same time last week, and talked about it. But a, a week has passed now, and we're a matter of days away yeah. from the end of the, the, the from the window slamming shut. We and might we're st- no further forward. We
1: might still get one through. But you, what irritates me? What is my bottom? What is the core? My bottom line here that irritates me is, is very simple. Brendan Rodgers is the best manager we could get. Over the past two, stroke three seasons, we've seen what he is capable of. Yeah. And we're losing that manager or we're effectively pushing him out the door because we've got a chief executive who thinks that he knows what the team needs in terms of talent better than the manager does. Um and where where we should be spending the money. And and for me that's not the way it should go.
2: It now it gets to the point where see even if we do bring in a right back, we're asking the question, Well, was that the first choice? Was that the second yeah, yeah, choice? Yeah. Because it has got or was this just a guy that's become available like we possibly we obviously Scouted Benkovic before, but did he just become available because he signed for Leicester? Then he was available for a loan, or was that the guy we were chasing the whole yeah. summer? No chance. It's the same when we brought in Jack Henry in the last day last year. He wanted him the whole of January, apparently. So get him in the first day. It just kills all debate, doesn't it? The last
1: thing I'll say on this is Stephen. You hear quite a lot, and you said it, and it makes sense. And a lot of people are a lot of people are coming across this. Would you back the manager now, knowing that he's leaving in the summer? Well, one that can happen at any time without any notice. Yeah, You know what I mean? Two, it's well, it's good enough for Brendan Rogers because Ronnie Diala and the players, bef- managers before him were backed with players that Brendan Rogers has ended up playing with. Yeah. Aye. And three, a good player is a good player forever. <laughs> exactly. Um, if, if we identify a right back and Lowell likes him, Congerton likes him, Brendan Ro- Rogers likes him and goes, this player is a quality aye. player. We'll live going forward. If we will you. live yeah, going yeah. forward.
3: Yeah, exactly And the, the the club I said that last week The club shouldn't grind to a halt Based on the ambiguity Around Brendan Rodgers' immediate plans yeah. that, that I'm sorry But it's a secondary issue To Celtic as a club at Being a success Yes, we all like, want Brendan Rodgers to stay But ultimately the, the train keeps rolling And we need to plan for next season Whether Rodgers is here or not We need a right back in it's, and this is where we're putting just unbelievable amounts of pressure on any potential right back coming in because realistically, we're not going to get a 27-year-old ready-made international with 70 caps that, that comes in and just stakes it. We're going to end up with probably someone who's extremely young. We might Bobby end up, Gums, uh, Yeah, get, get Bobby Gums in at 20. And now, finally, we've got a right back. But is he the answer? Because he better be with all this pressure that's mounted up around the signing of you know, a right back, this yeah. mythical right back that's coming in.
2: They can't hit us with that part, or, oh, we can't go out and spend all this money on players because Brendan Rodgers might not be here next season. You're signing a winger that Brendan Rodgers doesn't have a clue about <laughs> next yeah, season that's so that's obviously an absolute nonsense. From one manager
1: not being backed at Celtic we touched on Neil Lennon I might as well mention him because I'm a big fan of Neil Lennon. So yeah. Big fan of that carnival of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Celtic carnival now. of chaos. I, um He's suspended, I've never heard that before, suspended for Hibbs, mm. apparently had a bust up with his players, and um, the bottom line is, he's just not happy at his team getting sold underneath him, um, but there's a very peculiar situation where he's sort of suspended, there's no comment, but it looks
3: it looks as if he's on his way out. Yeah, definitely, Hibbs with a, a history of player revolts under managers, yeah. getting managers forced out and all that. I don't know, we don't know the circumstances around this, but it's uh, again, it's clear that something has gone badly wrong. For Lennon to, and it's I think it's the entire coaching staff that are now no longer yeah. in charge of the game. So it looks to me on the surface of things that Lennon has have had a falling out with someone. Would be it the players, the the staff above him, and the management. the coaching staff have either backed him or been told that they can clear out as well? So it's it's a bit of a mess, and I don't I don't really know where Neil Lennon goes from here.
1: No, it's, I mean he's at the risk of. It's a time being up they will take a chance on him because he yeah, it, it yeah. does it does seem to do very well
3: for a couple of years but it's a, it's a strange career he's had because Celtic and then Bolton uh, for, that, that, for clarity that, for listeners I'm doing things with my hands yeah. that suggest high for Celtic low for Bolton and then right in the middle with Hibs, so it's a... I think the
1: Bolton one was he decided he didn't want to beat Celtic anymore the Bolton job was available it was an English Championship club but I think when he went to Bolton they were a Basket case oh, were, yeah. going absolute, dead A lot Aye well. An absolute basket case Next up for Celtic St Johnson Double header We've got the game in hand And then in a couple of weeks We've got them in the cup
3: Yeah that's right It's, it's three out of the next four games Um Against St Johnston, we've just played St Mirren so it's all Saints at the moment. Oh, but, uh, I never ever. Brendan, <laughs> Brendan Rodgers has already <laughs> described this game as must win. The the win at home, the the game in hand, is a must win, and I wholly agree with that. that I, you should just
1: do. You should just do what uh, Stephen Gerrard's done. Just decide. I don't want to lose any more games this season. Make it so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and that's it. Yeah, for episode one six six. Um, if you'd like to. Join us on Patreon, you can do that, patreon.com slash 20 tim's where you support the podcast and you get extra content in return. Um, good news this week, Stephen, I had to, I, I was. they obviously got me a bit scared last se- last week, heard me warming up, but I don't need yeah. to hand out any doings because...
3: <laughs> we have crashed through the 500 five-star review barrier on iTunes, so thanks to everyone who has contributed to that, it makes a big difference, and... As Jamie said You're all safe now There will be no Well doings are on hold Until we decide We want a mm. thousand
1: I just want to say Also thanks to the 500 people Who have left reviews And a special thanks To the literal thousands Who decided not to <laughs> 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 That was a joke um, And uh, just a wee shout out For Social recluse. Out of the kindness of his heart Sent us some Sent us some amazing prints That are up on Twitter So we'll decide What to do with those yeah. We'll probably have a Competition of some description
3: And drop in On the, the shop It is at 46 King Street In the Trongue It's a cracking Stop. Go and check them out.
1: Yeah, yeah. And with that, thanks for listening.
0: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.